everybody, it's Bible Bitches, and this is a one Sarah E. Hoff. I'd like to introduce this colleague from LA. She is the princess of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Tell I us more been, about that title. So, yeah. So, you know how there's the Archangel Michael? Yeah. You mm-hmm. met the Archangel Michaela. Oh, nice. On account of oh, Los Angeles. Yes, yes. Yes, you come from the city of angels and that and is I am the and I am the arc I don't know angel. angel. Yes. I'm the archist of them all. Nice. Yes. I like it. I think that's a fantastic title. Thank you. And of course, I am here with Laura Barclay. Y'all know her as a Baptist minister and a hilarious good time residing in Louisville, Cal- not California, Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky. Yeah, but sometimes California. Sometimes California. More, it should be more often California. More often. You know, I just came back from there and it was a rip rollicking good time. Would you say it was a hoot? I would say, I would say both that it was a hoot and also a holler. It was a hoot and a holler. Yes. Agree to agree. Um, Yeah. And as a fun reversal on this season, the season closer finale, if you will. Yeah. So Sarah has been subjecting me to the worst of the worst of the songs that she grew up with from her sort of, you know, the conservative Christian, um, contemporary Christian music. Um, And I dodged this a bit because my parents didn't listen to that. Um, They were very much into like Elton John, you know, James Taylor and whatnot. Um, and I did go to a conservative Christian high school. And so I was forced to listen to some of this stuff during study hall, um, but escaped some of it as well. However, I was in high school choir and sometimes we sang really cool things like the Rent soundtrack and Prince of Egypt soundtrack. But sometimes we really bastardized some songs and that were in pop culture. And I did not realize Sarah until this last weekend, which was as we're recording this Thanksgiving, I'm in the car and we're, and this, we're listening to like the 90s channel on our way to Thanksgiving and Jules Hands song comes on. And I said, ugh. And I went to change the channel and Ryan stops my hand and goes, why? Why don't you like Jewel? And he, we're, he's driving, but he's looking at my face. And he says, what is that look on your face? And I literally, I, I felt myself stop and examine my, my revulsion around this. And I was like, I don't know. I just don't like Jewel. And he's like, why don't you like Jewel? And I stopped and he like sort of was like, I'm really curious about this. Like, she seems so benign. Why don't you like Jewel? And I like, he kept asking these questions, like, what is it about Jewel? You know, and he was, and he like, let me process it for a minute. And I was like, oh my God, I think it's because of my high school experience. And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, we had to sing this song but we totally changed the meaning of it. And I didn't even remember that until this moment, but I've been avoiding Jewel for 20 years because of it. Like it was this realization that I had changed the channel. Anytime Jewel would come on the radio, I just changed the channel. 20 years, just don't want to have anything to do with her. And then, yeah. So 
so like what happened and what did they change the lyrics to okay so let's go to uh should we should we have a moment so traditionally the season we've you know we've had we've done a pause and i listen to the songs should we have a pause where you stop and you listen to the lyrics of hands sure i mean if it's not trademarked or if it's like something your school just did then maybe we can just listen to it or is it trademarked well i don't have the footage of it's probably trademarked because it's jewel um and my school probably bastardized it and um but but i will tell you that the only thing i can remember from my visceral memory of this is that is i know that the lyrics that she wrote were my hands are small i know but they're not yours they are my own but they're not yours. They are my own. And I am never broken. I know that whenever I was recalling this memory, I told him, I said, we, we changed the whole meaning of the song. And it was to my hands are small. I know, but they are yours. They're not my own. Okay. Terrible. I mean, the song itself is not terrible, but it just, I kept thinking like, what won't Christian youth pastors ruin? <laughs> right? So <laughs> choir, which is an escape for queer kids anyway in Christian high schools, <laughs> are, are kind of being for... So we went, you know, again, we sang Rent and didn't change the lyrics. But then we, this song... Um, so if, if you haven't had a listen to Joel's uh, version of Hands, please go listen to it. Please look at the lyrics. Um, honestly her theology is very good in this song. Like it's, it's talking about her, you know, we're not broken. My hands are small, but they are my own. And then at the end, she talks, like she talks about kindness matters. Um, she talks about, we are God's hot eyes and hands and all this stuff. It's, it's, it's a good song. Like it's a sweet song. Why did we have to change it? Well, so I think, I think there, there are two things, right? So there's yeah. one, we, we are, I am, maybe not you, but um, for both for both versions, like the Jewel version and Christian version, they both have specific reputations as far as their like spirituality. And I am absolutely reading that in, right? Like where she's sure. more just sort of generally spiritual and like probably in a more like Buddhist kind of way. Um, and, and so like this statement of, um, where is it? Uh, Cause where there's, where there's a man who has no voice, there's, there ours shall go singing. Like in this kind of altruistic, liberal kind of spiritual. Like empowerment kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Like it definitely, it doesn't, it sounds like a really nice sentiment. Right. But when I read that through or listen to that through the Christian lens that I'm like, Oh God evangelizing and colonizing and shit you know what I mean yeah well and think about it like you know so the there were there was another lyric while we were listening to it that I remember that we changed it into which was so her lyric is in the end only kindness matters and then my choir director changed it to in the end only God's love matters um so put that along with my hands are small I know but um, they're not yours. They are my own. And she switched it to my hands are small. I know, but they are yours. They're not my own. So it's this sense of like, I'm kind of giving up free will. Um, and, and also like, 
kindness is the, you know, I, I liked her original lyrics, like, um, because they're, they're, she's really trying to sort of take ownership over her own um, mark in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and also she's saying in the end, only kindness matters because like, it's a recognition, you know, in the 90s when she's writing this, that we're, we're not all coming under the same paradigm of the same religion. Like, we have to have a word that everybody understands for this. And if kindness is, I, I make space for you and I care about you, that makes more sense to put that in than only God's love matters. What is, because what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, yeah, but I mean, isn't that kind of the whole deal, right? Like, um, for that kind of brand of Christianity, it's this weird thing of like, like, I feel like they have to focus on like God's love or like Jesus's love, because if they focus on the um, Sermon on the Mount, ethical like ideologies if they focus on kindness or something like that then like they're like the whole thing falls apart immediately like you can point you can basically open the bible to like any chapter and be like this is not kind (laughs) except for like the the gospels like i feel like there's a lot of kindness in the gospels but yeah but for a lot of the bible it's complicated the relationship status is complicated Mm. Mm. and Here's the thing. I really, I want to focus because we took, I feel, I think the thing that really bothered me the most, because so Ryan was so good in that situation. He was like, oh my God, you've had like 20 years of like religious trauma around this. Like, I want to ask you questions. And he was like, what are you feeling? And I was like, I just feel really bad for Jewel. Like, I'm so sorry that I've like, I just had this trauma, like a kind of religious trauma response to her. And I discounted her for 20 years and this wasn't what she meant and like the and I was I started listening to the lyrics and I was like I really like her lyrics and she seems like a really good person and I'm so sorry that I had this response to her and so um I just really think it's important for me to like uh put her words into this because I feel like in my choir we took her words away and I think that's what I feel really bad about and I want to write that in my own small way I don't know um like so what yeah go on it's just like so on the nose for Christianity to a take away the women's voice and then b make it like bastardized secular culture to try to make Christianity look cooler you know what I mean yeah yeah absolutely and like her story is so much like so much better than that and so like I just want to read these three paragraphs I found from an article um, where she, this, this straight quote from her. Okay. So this is her story behind that song. Um, and I quote, I had bad kidneys and really couldn't afford medication. And I kept getting sick and I kept missing work and I kept getting fired from new jobs. I really was never able to get back on my feet. And it was during this time that I had a very brief career with shoplifting. It was food mostly. And I justified it because of that. Although one day it looked as though it could escalate. I was walking down the street and I saw a sundress in a front store window and I coveted it. I went in there and tried it on and thought about stealing it. I had the price tag in my hand and it was one of those moments in my life like a lightning bolt struck me. It was $39.99 and I thought, when did I lose my faith in myself? When did I start thinking that I can't earn $40 for myself? I was suddenly so insulted and I realized I wasn't cheating anybody except myself. I left. I didn't steal the dress. I quit shoplifting at that moment and started writing these lyrics the lyric and she said quoting herself if you watch what your hands are doing you can see where your life is going to end quote whether they're stealing or writing things 
are probably going to be two very different futures. So I wrote this song about that in my hands. Now, we can also put a whole lot in there about capitalism and how tough it is to be woman in the capitalist cycle. But like, that's her story and that matters. And I feel like we took that away from her and it pisses me off because that's so fucking authentic. Mm-hmm. And she poured her heart and soul into that song. Yeah. And when I hear it again with new ears, I can hear that without a trauma response and go like, oh, she's writing about her own experience. And this has mm-hmm. nothing to do with what I experienced in high school. And I, so I'm actually really glad. So, so Ryan kind of stopping my hand and going, what, what's going on here actually made me talk through it. And then he asked this really important question of me after we talked through that song and he goes, what happens to all those people that don't have someone to talk through their trauma response about religion with them? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. They're probably constantly running from things that they don't even understand what they're running from. And I said, because 20 years later, I'm a minister. I'm a therapist. I see so many people that, uh, uh, special. And I, you know, kind of would say that religious trauma is becoming a specialty of mine. And, uh, and that still happened to me. Yeah. And so I just, I just really, I felt for Jewel in that moment. And I felt for anyone that has a religious trauma response. And I wanted to give her, her voice back in this, uh, podcast, the, the, you know, for whatever viewership it gets, but also for anyone that might hear this, that might have a religious trauma response. I just, I feel for you. Like, I know that it's real. You're going to have reactions to things and it sucks and you don't, you don't deserve to live with that. You deserve better. Yeah. Well, and oftentimes it comes up like that where it's just a small thing throughout your Mm -hmm. daily life. And I mean, I think that's kind of the deal with all PTSD, right? Yeah. Like there are some things that you can predict, but a lot of it, you just can't. And then you have this crazy trauma response and it's, it's like, it's both like very eye-opening and also just like kind of, um, no tedious or yeah. um, like just kind of like exhausting do you know what absolutely. I mean absolutely yeah and, uh, and it's you know I mean that's one of the reasons why I love this podcast because here in LA like none of my friends have a religious background or like a strong religious background definitely not like Christian and when I try to tell them about how I grew up it's just they're like like what yeah kind of <laughs> like it's just like listening to a story like they have no connection to it yeah they're like look at this fun documentary that I get to tune into yeah 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 so I get it when I like there are definitely songs that like when I listen to water deep um I it's like a weird thing because I uh uh so like fringy to think about now but um in high school when I was like hanging out with like we had this group of friends from church we were like all very close Mm -hmm. and we would um when we would hang out you know it's like it's Arkansas so we basically had like each other's houses and like nature which were basically each other's houses um so, you know, I remember like hanging out on like the back porch of my friend's house and um, like 
John and uh, oh my god, why am I blanking on his name? Um, and like two of our friends were like playing guitar, like playing music, and we were singing like water deep songs and and like and at the time it felt like so safe and so good, and now I'm just like oh, I had no idea, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And right, it's, like, it's so it's so interesting to look back on those with like different memories and different sort of lenses, worldviews. Yeah, it's it's like it's like precious, but also cringy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, and uh, another thing about that choir experience is that while in my brain, it's so funny because in my brain, that space, that choir space, was one of the safest spaces mm-hmm. for me. And I know that someone in our choir was sent away to uh, pray the gay away camp. And it's like, it's so hard to like, look back on that and think that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, it's just like, it's, it, everything's so tainted from that experience. So, uh, and I think this is, this is just a sliver of the sort of, uh, oh that was wrong you know kind of experience Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean that that's kind of that's kind of the deal right like the church or yeah like the church people who have seniority or positions of power in the church um you trust them like it's meant to be a safe space and and like it's not like my experience it wasn't like uh it wasn't like anybody did anything like truly harmful. Like they all still believe that stuff and they mean it genuinely. It's not like they were trying to lie to me. It's just, they're wrong. Yeah. They're wrong. And what they believe is in my opinion, unethical. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where it gets me is this sense of like, um, oh, we're just trying to tell you because we don't want you to go to hell. And that's where I get mad at the people at the top because they brainwashed the people underneath them who, you know, that there's, there are people at the top that I truly believe know better. Mm. Um, you know, like, uh, like Al Mohler at Southern Baptist Seminary. Like I, I had read the story about him years ago where he had actually been pro women in ministry. And then someone had met with him who said, you're not going to have a career if you believe that, but you will have one if you preach against it. And he like changed his views around it. And to me, that's like, you know, that's the proverbial, like deal with the devil, you know, you just kind of sell your soul for shit that doesn't matter. And so I, I, you know, I, I do believe everybody has their kind of, you know, moment where they, they get tested, um, around certain things. And I, I think that if you, are encounter somebody that you love that believes something different than you and you reject them because of something that's inherently them themselves like that's that's horrific I don't know there's just that's horrible so that's kind of that's kind of the deal like that's that's like a a huge like weird ethical dilemma for me um because because yeah like I don't want that to happen to me but at the same time, you know, there are some beliefs and, and we, we definitely saw this. I know everybody's so tired of talking about it, but during the Trump administration where like family members cut off other family members because what they believed was 
so harmful to the community. Mm-hmm. But the person who believed it definitely didn't think that. They 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 thought and probably still think that they're like championing championing the United States and like Jesus is America or whatever. And it's that kind of deal of like, how do you talk to somebody in a cult? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'll go back to this. I think that boundaries are really important. Like are, are your boundaries, are the boundaries that you're setting, you know, um, for those of us that are not in Trumplandia, like we have to set boundaries around people that are deep in QAnon or deep in Trumplandia. Are they, um, are people that are, are people so deep in that they're willing to compromise the relationships with people um, in their families or deep friendships. If so, then we have to set really firm boundaries and stick with them, even to the point of if they're willing to cut themselves off from you, then that's unfortunate, but they've kind of made their choice. Um, I, I think that we kind of have to look at QAnon and Trump as a cult. And so approaching it the same way, you're kind of approaching the same sort of sort of um beast in that regard like are are they saying you have to conform to these ideals for me to be able to be around you and if so um you have to be like me in order for me to trust you and not berate you with trumpian views um that's what i keep hearing over and over you know from all my friends who are you know who are interacting with their trump families um and it's so sad it's so sad but like, where do, where do we draw the line? So yeah. like, uh, you know, <laughs> taking it to the extreme, like, could you be friends with Hitler? You know, you don't agree with his politics, no. you know, he's doing some bad stuff, but you've set boundaries with him. No, I've and set so, some firm boundaries with Hitler. And so, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. These, these I think are both like extremist examples. It's just something yeah. that I find with my own family where I'm like, I see my inter my interpretation of like where you are. Mm-hmm. It looks and it sounds to me like the church is doing you more harm than good for your mental health. At for sure. Moment. But I don't, but to say that is a much different thing than for me to just like encourage them to get secular help, which they won't do. And so right. I don't like, at what point is like, where's, you know, I mean, these aren't, these aren't really answerable questions. They're no, just, I think, like, I think there are great questions though, Sarah. And, you know, I think I would encourage anybody that's asking this question, especially around the holidays um, to figure out where their, their boundaries are and to say like, you know, I can't quote unquote fix the other person, right? You can't manage them. You can't fix them, but what you can do is set your boundaries around what you're willing to be around and how you're, what you're willing to accept in terms of their relationship with you. And so if you go to a family function around the holidays and they're like, well, you know, why don't you think Trump is the best guy? Like, how come you don't think this, or how come you don't think that? Um, if they're not willing to take, um, to, to respect your point of view and say, look, I think that, you know, gay people are, you know, have the right to, um, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I think that, you know, um, uh, people who come here from other countries should have a pathway to citizenship, all these things. If they can't accept that you have different beliefs than them, 
and are willing to um, let it lie and, and listen to it and say, you know what, I have a different belief than you, um, but let's, uh, I respect that and let's toast over the holidays. Um, I think it's okay to set a boundary and say, you know what? Um, sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Of course. Definitely set boundaries. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and my, my response to what I'm about to say has usually been to just kind of like, let it go. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't really know, but like, I see what I see them doing I interpret as harmful to both themselves and other people in their community. And they don't see it as that. They see it as like positive for them and the people in their community. And I don't, you know, it's like, it's kind of sad. It's like watching an alcoholic be an alcoholic. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, You know, I, I think that you talking about your own beliefs, if they respect them, then it's humanizing a different side. Um, but if it gets to the point where you feel like you have to almost like sacrifice yourself for them to see that part of yourself, then it's not worth it anymore. So there, there does come a point where if someone's so aligned with the cult of QAnon or, or whatnot, um, that you have to sacrifice so many parts of yourself in order to fit in, that it's not worth it anymore, then I think it's, it's worth talking about where the boundary is for you to even go to those family functions. Um, and I'm being very broad in generalization. And I think for anyone who's listening, I would hope that you would reach out to a mental health professional and like work through these things. And, and because this is hard, we live in hard fucking times. We live in really hard times and they, you deserve the right to talk through these things with someone that can devote the time and space to you. Um, because this is, these, these are hard issues and these are hard times. So thank you everyone to listening to my therapy session with Laura. (laughs) (laughs) I I, thank you for uh, letting me promote mental health. I am just (laughs) ad nauseum going to be on my soapbox that you all deserve mental health and physical health and um, spiritual health and all the things, um, and in these difficult times. And we're so and this uh, thankful. Is good, this is a good time to talk history. about it too. Yeah. This yeah. is a good time to talk about it too, just because like the holidays are like hella hard. So hard. So hard. So, so hard. hard. For real. Yep. Yep. Man, last year I was just like, I looked through like my Postmates <laughs> orders and I was like, holy shit. I was ordering Postmates like every other day and I was probably like it was nuts you know what I mean like just it was like postmates and booze and tv or like movies just terrible I tell you I I I may get disowned from my family for telling this very funny story but it's so funny okay um so my mom (laughs) my mom and dad um had given my sister, they were like, you, you order Postmates so many times. So what we were doing was eating dinner occasionally as a family in my sister's driveway, but then it got really cold. Right. And so we, Mm -hmm. we couldn't do that anymore. Um, but the last time we gathered, which was, I don't know, November, um, before it got really cold in Kentucky, um, my dad was like, here, take my card. I want to pay for it. And my sister did it through her phone. Um, flash forward a couple months later, 
Um, my dad claim my dad is like, I am missing thousands of dollars from my account. And I think that the guy at the car wash did it or something. I don't know. Anyway, I, something happened and he was like, he thought that someone had stolen this credit card. And so they call the cops and are like, something's going on. I'm missing this many. And like Postmates has taken all this money. And so the police officer calls my mom and is like, do you know someone named? And then gives her my sister's name. And, and it's her married name. And my sister and my mom goes, I'll call you back in 15 minutes. So the police officer and then calls my sister who's in court. And because she's an attorney and she's like, uh, uh, I don't, I just, she's like, look, there a cop might be coming to your house. And my sister's like, what? <laughs> and then she's like, postmates, blah, blah, blah. And jury, and it, everything clicks into place. And she goes, oh shit, I never switched it back. I never switched the card back. And so then she calls mom back like five minutes later and is like, oh shit, I never changed the card back. That's your, like, that's the whole thing going on with your postmates thing. And uh, it all got resolved, but my mom basically almost got my sister arrested uh, last holiday season. <laughs> yep. I've totally done that too, but like yeah. with, with like a boss's corporate card. I was ordering lunch for the team and then I forgot to change it back. And then I had to be like, oh, snap. And like, so I had to like write a check to <laughs> Children's Hospital. That's amazing. It was like 20 bucks, you know, it's so ridiculous. Right? It's it's like the pandemic thing, right? Like you just kind of forget and then you're like, I don't know. I don't know what you want. Like, (laughs) Anyways, um, (laughs) thank you all for listening. I want to give huge shout outs to um, uh, fucking Aaron Aaron Doodles. Doodles. Fucking Aaron Doodles. (laughs) At Aaron Doodles on Twitter. He's got... He's got cartoons. He's got jokes. Check them out. Also, at Yo Eve, she does her intro and outro music. Um, Miss Eve's is fantastic and love her to death. Yep. And um, you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. um, All the things. All the the things. And we wish you absolutely wonderful, happy holidays. We know these are really tough times and happy times and so many different emotions. Um, if you need a therapist, please reach out on, uh, therapyden.com or psychologytoday.com and find a therapist in your area. I know these are just shit times and we care about you both mentally, physically, spiritually, all the things, um, and wish you a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year. Happy new year. Love. Bye. Love. Bye.